The University of Arizona, 21-6, entering Wednesday night's final ever Pac-12 regular season game against ASU. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Steve Rivera of AllSportsTucson.com and talk show host on, on uh, you know, Steve, which station are you on? I, I, I get this mixed up. I apologize. 1450 Fox, 1450. I got to remember that. I'm sorry. My bad on that. I'll get it right no the next problem. time, Hope, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, so how would you describe the U of A's first 27 games of the season this year in basketball? Uh, inconsistent, uh, perplexing. Uh, uh, those are my first two words, and I think they, they, they couldn't be described any better than that because it's been very strange. Um, I, I'm getting older. I use readers now, and my eyes aren't deceiving me. No, they're not, because this team is very weird. I would agree with both those words. I'll get it. We'll get into the U of A this season a little more uh, you know, as we continue here. But first up, you know, the historic, uh, you know, I mentioned the first, uh, this is the last you know, conference regular season, Pac-12 conference regular season game between these teams. You have covered many of these U of A issue games over the years. What are some of the first things you think of when you, uh, you know, look back on your time of watching ASU and U of A play, play against each other in basketball? Well, the first things that came to mind, uh, I have like three or four. So uh, ASU game at Tempe, uh, U of A is beating the ASU pretty badly, maybe 20-something. And, you know, the students are giving a loot grief right there. He's, you know, he's there. He's nearby in proximity. And he had had enough, and he pointed to the scoreboard and said, just check the scoreboard. And that was something Luke never did, but he did that day. Uh, that was one of them. I think that uh, uh, Frieder beating Arizona down there with Mario Bennett, uh, Damon Stoudemire was there with Arizona, and, and Bennett, uh, uh, the ASU taking over, I think it was 1995. That was a pretty mm-hmm. big deal. Um, uh, some games here, uh, I can't remember when, uh, Dickerson, 96, 95, 96, Dickerson went off. Uh, Damon was not playing. Ben Davis was not playing. Uh, some great games down here in Tempe. Uh, just just the rivalry that kind of wasn't, but it, that ASU would eventually you know, find a way. And, and they did find a way, oddly enough, a lot against Sean Miller, especially in Tempe. That is true. They definitely had a, a streak going there for sure. How would you describe the basketball rivalry between these schools, and has it, has it changed over the years? Oh, man. Um, no. Well, see, I started covering the team directly in 1991. So by that time, Arizona was pretty dominant in the rivalry. I remember one time writing the, uh, how bad it was and how one-sided it was. <clears throat> and a friend a friend or a colleague up in Phoenix, you know, kind of got out of me and said, did you realize back in the blah, blah, blah years or 70s, whatever years with, uh, uh, with uh, the issue that they used to dominate Arizona? I said, well, probably, yeah, but it's not what I'm covering. And it's not what I'm seeing. So it, it, it's pretty been one-sided, uh, outside of maybe the, some Sean years. So um, one-sided, uh, sometimes fun, sometimes not, you know, whatever. Lou Olson, he didn't lose a whole lot to ASU. Uh, you, you've written books about U of A basketball. You've written about Olson over the years. Did he place more emphasis on the ASU U of A game, or did U of A just have you know basically superior players in a lot of those years? As far as I know, no. Uh, in his mind, and, and to maybe his uh, criticism by some down here, is that every game was equal. 
Uh, every game was important as the other. And when it came to the tournament, it was the same thing. So a lot of people kind of said, you know, loot, these, these are big games. But loot, uh, loot always kind of held, held serve and kind of just said everything is equal and you just got to win the next one. Um, so, no, to, to your point. Yeah, one thing with Olsen and Bill Frieder, they had the, I think, legendary and famous local bank commercials. Do you know anything about the history of those commercials? Well, we had it in our book, 100 Things Arizona Fans Need to Know. Uh, Steve Steve Miller or Steve, I can't remember his name now, um, kind of did these in nineteen early 90s. Some of the funniest things, I don't know if you have a favorite one. I have two. Uh, when uh, when Frieder was going to fly the plane for Arizona's next game, uh, you know they needed a pilot, and then Frieder turned out to be that pilot. And then uh, when <laughs> when Frieder uh, wanted a makeover, and he wanted to be the best looking coach in Arizona, and uh, he they turned him into loot. <laughs> That's true. Now that they were you know, became were they 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 must have become friends to some extent when they were at uh, Iowa and Michigan respectively. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. Uh, they were great friends in, in, in well throughout, throughout his career, you know. And I think their their personalities had held form, where Lute was the street guy and, and Frieder was the, the goofy guy, and it helped serve. They they saw a, a lot of each other at Del Mar because Lute had a, a, a place down there in yeah. Ohio, and and Frieder was a frequent visitor down there, and he has a place down there. Um, so great relationship. I know their wives, Bobby and and and, and Frieder's wife, were friends. So you know, those are the good old days. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Frieder and horse racing. I was actually at an AU tournament in Las Vegas when I was living in Vegas, and uh, you know, slipped out to use a payphone. Believe it or not, back back in the payphone days, kids yeah. there used to be payphones out there. Uh, but I was in the hallway between games, and Frieder was actually in the payphone checking on the horse racing hotline. That's what he was doing on the payphone next to me. So I remember they'd be like a racing form in the back of his pocket at the, uh, at the AAU <laughs> tournament. So I stuck with Steve Rivera from, uh, from LSportsTucson.com and Tucson Radio fame. Okay, back to the U of A this season. Uh, they've lost road games at Stanford, Washington State, and Oregon State. But then they swept the mountain trip against Utah and Colorado both those teams were undefeated at home at the time before losing to the U of A. What did the U of A do differently when they won those games at Utah and Colorado? I think they had to realize that these games are important. Uh, that was a big, big road weekend, and uh, Tommy got it into them that, you know, every game matters, if you can borrow a loot phrase. And, um, and it was important to them, knowing that they hadn't lost. Arizona, for some reason, and, and I've seen this before in, in other teams at U of A, they play hard for games that are important, and they don't for games that aren't. Uh, and I think they have to realize, if they haven't by now, that what's left is very, very important if they want a one seed or, or a decent two seed. Uh, but they knew that they had to play well in Colorado and Utah, so they did. That Stanford game was two in a row. If you remember last year, they had a double-digit lead uh, throughout the game, and then they lost it. Uh, it's just weird. Matchups have been very difficult. Uh, with, uh, with, uh, Washington State has been very difficult because they play so, uh, so slowish. Uh, they're, they're tall, they're unorthodox. That gives Arizona the biggest hit. Yeah, in fact, they've lost three times in 14 months to Washington State. Uh, 
Is it just a style of play here? Uh, you know, I actually thought that Lloyd got out coached at the end of that game by Kyle Smith the other night. Uh, what's going on when they just haven't been able to beat Washington State these last couple of years? Yeah, it's a, I, well, I've always said this, and I even said this yesterday on people asking me questions about things on Facebook. Um, historically, and, and you follow Arizona for a long time, Arizona needs to play motivated. They have to have some kind of apple or, or carrot in front of them. And, and when they don't, they don't. You know, Explain every first-round loss that they've had throughout the last 30 years. Um, they think they can just show up and play, they'd win. That doesn't happen anymore. hasn't happened in forever, especially for Arizona. Um, Washington State is one of those teams that kind of just looks weird. They're, they don't look – they're not a good airport team. And then you think it's Washington State, so they just show up and, and they get beat. Uh, plus, this year, guess what? They're good. So that's kind of a complicated thing. So, so we'll see what happens if they do play again in, in, in uh, Vegas. But uh, it's one of those teams that's tall and has a couple of good players. And Los Angeles, and uh, Arizona needs to realize these guys can beat us, and they already have. Caleb's, Caleb Love, uh, he left North Carolina not on the best of terms, it appeared, but he's likely going to be the Pac-12 player of the year. Why has he been so good in Tucson with the U of A? Man, I, I, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I, I, um, I like the way he plays, but let me say this, and, and I've seen, said this a time or two, he scares me. He scares me a lot. Because he takes, uh, uh, he's a high volume shooter. He takes a lot of crazy shots, 25 feet and out. Uh, sometimes uh, on one possession, uh, uh, possession, uh, you know, one pass, one pass possession. Uh, very, very freaky. It's hard to trust him, but you know, you say no, 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 and then he hits it, and he says okay, no, 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 and then he hits it. <laughs> so very, I don't know if I trust him uh, the rest of the way, but he's been pretty good so far. You know, as I mentioned, it looks like he's going to be the conference player of the year, but I think a case can be made that Pell Larson is the U of A's most valuable player. Is that a crazy thought on my part? Well, but that's a great observation, uh, Bob. About two or three months ago, we had uh, Ivan Mayakawa. He's, uh, he's uh, an analyst. Or he has those numbers. You know, he does all these numbers. And and we and I, we asked him, well, who would be the guy that would be the guy, you know? He says, well, according to my numbers, it's Pele Larson. I says, Pele Larson, what? And it turns out to be kind of true. He does everything. Defensively, offensively, he's come to, be, to become a better player in the last two months. Uh, he's hit some quick shots. So I think he realizes or, or knows that this is it for him, being a senior, that he's got to shine and, and be better. And he's done that. Um, so to your point, yes, and I say that with a little hesitancy, but you're right. You know, Kylan Boswell, uh, how would you assess his two years at the U of A? Uh, perplexing, inconsistent. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? That may be why Arizona is perplexing and inconsistent, because he looked fantastic last year. You remember last year, everyone, he's only 17. He's playing really well. Oh, he's only 17. Well, now he's 18, and he's not playing as well as he did as he was 17. And how many times can you use the excuse of he's 18? He's got 40-something, almost 50 games. That's not more than 50 games under his belt. He's just been very inconsistent. And for Arizona to be very good, he needs to stop being inconsistent. 
I have a friend that's a U of A alum here and thinks that he should not start. Is there been any discussion about that possibility that he comes off the bench and yes. they use the freshman instead? Discussion, discussions, yes, not on the, not by Tommy Lloyd, but by other fans like your friend. Uh, Jaden Bradley is has been playing well or fairly well. Uh, KJ Lewis is a fantastic talent. He's been okay, yeah. uh, but um, but uh, I think that in order to keep his confidence, Boswell. Tommy's not going to screw with that and just continue what he's doing. Talking to UVA basketball with Steve Rivera. Okay, on to uh, back to the UVA and ASU. Uh, you know, the first game was on February 17th, not exactly a game. A 45 point win by the UVA, 105 to 60. The most lopsided UVA win in the series history. Uh, does that game play any kind of role in what happens here tomorrow night? No, I don't think so. But, you know, oddly, uh, as I was watching that game and, and they were talking about this was the biggest blowout, I'm thinking, no way, there's been more, there's been more one-sided games. And then, no, that, that was it. It just, didn't, it just didn't feel that way because ASU played halfway decent in the first half <clears throat> and then lost it in the second half. Um, ASU looks good at times. And, obviously, they just lost the state. They looked very good, at least, beat, at least in, beating, in beating the Cougars. Uh, but I don't think it's going to play a factor. It'll be much closer, obviously. But um, we'll see what happens. The road has been kind of strange for Arizona. And sometimes the blowout gives Arizona overconfidence. And I think over the years, overconfidence has always killed the cat. Okay, so this is a crazy question. But give me a blueprint for an ASU win or at least a you know, close game here tomorrow night. Well, I don't know if they do this at all or can do this. Slow it down. Uh, don't let Arizona run. Hit some shots on the perimeter. Uh, hit a lot of shots in the perimeter. Hit maybe 13 three-pointers. Uh, kind of be equal with them on the board. Uh, slow it down, like I said. Keep the game under 75, 72. And that's a slow-down game for Arizona. 75, 72. Washington State's going to be the only team to be able to do that. Um, and just, uh, just kind of maybe get some foul trouble in, in Pele and, and Balo. Uh, but, you know, yeah, that's asking a lot, especially hitting the three-pointers. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. I think there'll be a lot of Arizona fans up there as well. There usually are. Uh, so we'll see how that goes uh, tomorrow night. Of course, the Final Four is in Glendale this season. Is that something that the U of A players or coaching staff has talked about, the, the season ends in Arizona with the Final Four? Not not publicly, but we also know that the last time they were there, I think it was 2017-18, Arizona was one of the favorites to get there, and uh, we all know how that went. That's true. Did not go well in the uh, in the regionals. Was that I can't remember who they lost to that year, but uh, they, they didn't get here. Xavier. Oh yeah, that that's yeah. That, there you go. Okay, yeah. so. Well, give me a scenario where the U of A, you know, what do they have to do better as a team or more consistently as a team after talking to you for a few minutes here, like more consistently is probably the best way to phrase this. How they, what do they need to do more consistently as a team to win their first four NCAA tournament games to reach Glendale and get to the final four? Yeah. Okay. So Boswell needs to play better. He just needs to play uh, more confidently, hit some shots, uh, be engaged. 
I don't know if you saw that uh, Tommy got on him pretty bit, uh, verbally uh, last game, and, and uh, it was almost mm-hmm. like Tommy was apologetic when he spoke to me about it in the uh, in the press conference. Uh, and then again yesterday on online, you know, you know, I have to do it. Of course, coaches have to do it. If, coach, if players aren't engaged, you got to get on them. So he did that. He's got to be better. Uh, I think that uh, even though Love has been very good with points, he needs to shoot more consistently, a better percentage, because he shoots so many points, so many shots. Uh, Balo needs to be better. And let me tell you, the other thing that that, that really concerns me is Balo's free throw shooting. Uh, he's got to hit those free throws. If you're in a late game in the tournament and, and he's in there, uh, what's not to have them foul him and see, take their chances and see how he does? Because uh, he's shooting only like 50 some, 53 percent from the, from the line, um, and then maybe fourth, fourth. Uh, uh, oh, I know Johnson. He shot. He's got to be better offensively. Uh, he too has been uh, kind of not so good offensively. He still a lot of talent, a lot of talent. You know, at the fourth spot, very aggressive, but he comes and goes too. So those are four things. Um, very doable. Very doable. And again, matchups are going to be a key in the tournament. It's always been in trouble for Arizona in the tournament. Is there enough room on the floor for Balo and Johnson to really consistently succeed? Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. And they've also tried to do Crevis and Balo at the same time. But but if one gets into foul trouble, they're toast in the middle if if one of them gets in foul trouble. What do you think of Crevis so far? I, I like him a lot. Uh, I like him for the first game against Duke. He's, you know, had some highs and his lows, but he's going to be a very good big man uh, down the road in, in the next couple, three years. Okay, bottom line here, uh, final question, does the U of A reach the Final Four in Glendale? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, I think if they get to the Elite Eight, all bets are off. Um, again, uh, they have to play confidently. They have to play like they're, um, like they're not better than everybody. they got to play hard. Um, it's very difficult to say. I think the matchup against like Baylor or somebody physical like the Big 12 teams are, that's going to be very difficult. That's going to be a matchup that's going to be very... Baylor, um, those type of teams. Uh, Houston, uh, if they ever play them or play them in the tournament in the Final Four, that would be a good, good game. Um, I'll, say, I'll see you in Lead 8 um, and then see what happens after that. Okay, Steve, let everybody know how they can read your stuff and listen to you on the air. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Uh, AllSportsTucson.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Steve Rivera 95 And then you can listen to me streaming at uh, Fox Sports 1450 on the ball. All right, Steve. We really appreciate it as always. Thanks. Good stuff. Have fun. Thank you. Thank you.